0: I'm Jay. I'm Wes, and I'm Frankie. Thank you for listening to the Grill Coach Podcast.
1: Oh yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coach's podcast to level up your. With Frankie, Wes,
0: Welcome to today's show. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the grill coach. I'm here with Wes and Frankie. What's up, guys? Hello. 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 Howdy, guys? Hey, today, guys, is the sauce episode. It's not really barbecue or grilling, but it complements everything we do. So I think we I think it's appropriate. We got to talk about this. It's a good time. Picky. Definitely. All right, but first, we got to talk our highlights. Okay, so Frankie, last week, you had an abomination that you talked about that is still kind of scary and hilarious when I listen to it again. (laughs) Uh, How about you go first?
2: Okay, so this week, I have a real or I actually have a highlight. Um, I was uh, craving some taco night, and the weather was nice, so I was like, well, you know what? Let's make a little fresh-roasted salsa, too, Uh, so that was uh that was my highlight i uh haven't done that in quite some time actually um normally if i make like a cooked salsa i like char them in like in a pan or on a comal. but um like well this is perfect so let's do it uh and charred everything on the grill yeah charred everything on the grill i I forgot the uh the garlic inside so (laughs) that went in fresh
0: (laughs) how would you have done the garlic
2: yeah, that was another logistical thing I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do cuz I don't have any jumbo garlic. It was just regular garlic. I was like that's definitely going to fall through. <laughs> Fo- I, I, foil is your friend. Ah, uh, there we go. I had thought about that. I was like, well, maybe I should just like wrap it in foil and just like do that, but I I didn't have time for all that. <laughs> that was that turned out really good. Uh I still have a you know, I still have the dryer in there. We've been using it you know for everything, so that's a win and then you know i've been talking i know i've been talking about it a lot but the uh i've been going to the smart and final and they have this boneless skinless leg meat uh that's like eight eight or nine bucks but it's like so much They're like we'll cook me enough chi- daniel enough chicken for daniel and i for like half the week uh to using like different meals and stuff but
0: you said just the leg meat
2: yeah they must like debone it somehow because you definitely see the, like some tendons running in there a little bit like some pieces like i ended up just having to like trim trim off some pieces so I have some like big pieces and little pieces to kind of get them a little more uniform. Uh, but they're they're perfect for like just throwing on the grill. Um, I'm kind of ready to go. So are they, they're skinless too? Yeah. I don't know how huh. they do it. I'm just taking their word for for it being like <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's winning. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with it.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. I've never seen this before. Um, I was just thinking about um yeah how how that gets done but you know what i really like one of the things you mentioned and i think it's something that we haven't talked about a while on this show it's a callback to our original things is that even though it's boneless skinless and they say it's prepared you still trimmed it
2: yes it almost kind of feels like it needs a little more trimming than you know if i was just doing like chicken thighs because yeah like i said it has a lot of those those tendons running through it that i like to take out and uh, they're big pieces too. So these must be like giant chickens, <laughs> but, uh, so, but yeah, sometimes they have like little pieces that are like just falling off. So I'm just, just trim it off and little tacos, big tacos.
0: <laughs> so there's a bunch of extra leg bones and chicken skin laying around somewhere.
2: I know. <laughs> I don't think about that waste. Oh, in my mind they made they've made stock and chicarones with the spare parts. <laughs> chicarones.
3: <laughs> so, when you uh when you prepare your chicken for the week, when you meal prep, so to speak, what is your uh do you season for the different nights of the week or do you do all one simple seasoning
2: or how do you do that? I do one simple seasoning uh so that we can adapt it as needed. It re- lately, it's been I've been cooking everything with just a little touch of buttery steakhouse and uh, tequila (laughs) lime. I was gonna say, what (laughs) flavors Kinder are you using? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I usually like either, depending on how we wanna use it, I'll either cube it or shred it. um, And then we pop in a couple other things. Like I think we did a salad one night. uh, And then I made like um, a breakfast like scramble with it. I also grilled out, grilled some uh, zucchini. The the night before as well, so I just kind of threw that all in the pan together.
0: It's pretty good. I got an off the wall question. Okay. Can you eat chicken and eggs for breakfast?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: I, <laughs>
0: oh. I, I I always
3: want to do that. It seems weird though, doesn't it? It seems
0: wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Mm. I will make any leftover barbecue with the fried egg and it's delicious. But I I don't want to take leftover chicken and put a fried egg on top of it.
2: You don't want to? <laughs> yeah, that sounds. But You can put anything in a burrito. <sighs> breakfast burrito, call it a day. Yeah,
0: yeah. again, <laughs> chicken doesn't go in a breakfast burrito. It just... Um, unless it's eggs. There's only one form of chicken, yeah, for breakfast, and that's eggs. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was a
3: chicken sausage patty, and then you top it with a fried egg?
0: That see that might work, because you know, it's mutilated. (laughs) (laughs) It's lost all its identification. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, Frankie, I think that you and I, or I sent pictures to you guys when I was actually roasting vegetables for salsa on the same day you were.
2: (laughs) I did see that. Yeah. Thank God I posted this first. (laughs) Although your picture looked much better than mine. (laughs) The sun had started going down by the time I started cooking the salsa. So I didn't have that primed Georgia sun that you did.
0: (laughs) I'll take it. All right. How about your highlight, Wes?
3: So I've been cooking a lot of chicken lately. A lot of chicken. Um, So much that I, I didn't get burnt out on it, but wanted something different. And so we had, uh, we went to the, the meetup and I was cruising, looking for something nice. And this steak was calling my name and it was a Brant prime, uh, Brant prime ribeye. And it just looks so good in the case. You ever buy just steak? You ever just buy like one steak for yourself and, and, and that's, enough. You know, <laughs> make the kids <laughs> like, uh easy bake pizzas or whatever. And like, kids, you have these and you can have whatever you want with this. We're going to have this. And so
0: That's a, that, that almost seems torturous.
3: And my kids were whining. They said, yeah, where, where'd you get, where'd you get the steak, dad? You know, we serve them their nice little pizza plates with the veggies and whatnot. And then we, here we go. Here we got our, our nice sliced prime rib eyes with uh roasted potatoes and some grilled zucchinis and so it w- it was a uh, it was an immense like rush of of uh, beef flavor like I haven't had it in such a long time I haven't had s- steak in such a long time it was just a really nice change and I thought it was very highlight worthy for me Did you
2: s- say that a Brent
3: Brent steak or what what did you call that uh, a uh, Brent beef
0: Brent, Brent is the like the ranch or the so yeah they're they're the producer so they they do they do quality kind of grown you know sustainable type you know sources stuff everything with them is like excellent quality and generally like at a lot of high-end restaurants they're actually will be serving branch beef you know um and i think even the meetup they used to only service restaurants And so they already have sort of that line or that hookup with Brant beef. And so I'm not surprised that they sell it on their shelves.
3: And they're local to California.
0: Nice. Are they? Are we raising beef in California now? Oh, yeah.
2: All those cows?
0: I thought the good stuff came from the Midwest. This is pretty darn good.
2: (laughs) Happy cows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. All right. Sounds good. So so my highlight is, you know, I I you I took a page out of your book, Wes. You talk so much and, and the picture of your Tandoori chicken. And so uh I, I reached I think I reached out to you a couple of days later. I was like, give me that you know, that recipe. And and I used the ideas of the recipe. And uh, you know, that's I used what, what I could. You know?
3: Yeah, that's that's what we did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it cooks up so great, you know, and and it was perfect. It reminded me of our budget barbecue episode because it was two $5 packs of chicken thighs. And I mean, it was like thighs for days, you know, and just got them all ready and, and pretty much, you know, easy cook, you know, and, and they, they last. I guess they just put them in the refrigerator and just take one out like it was every meal except breakfast but, <laughs> well, you know, I could do it for breakfast if I don't eat any eggs with it. I just eat let's, the thigh by itself. So.
3: Let's bring back chicken for breakfast. Did it, was you it ever it it gone?
0: Yeah,
3: was it ever gone? Or do we need to just
2: <laughs> yeah, you need make to, it a thing? Make it a thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so anyways, that, that tandoori chicken, and and I think it's just between the yogurt and the marinade. You know, it's something that, that it was so funny. I laughed to myself that I literally forgot that it didn't have the chicken skin on it. You know, it was like I wasn't even missing it. You know, it was delicious. I was gonna say when the the first night, well, when you made those,
3: that was supposed to last for X amount of days. How many of those days were uh did you kind of shave off because you guys ate too many of
0: those thighs? Yeah, I think I cooked them on a Sunday and I think they were gone by Tuesday night.
3: And they were supposed yeah. to last throughout the week. It was, huh? it was supposed
0: to be all week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was going to be like one with a salad, you know, one here, there, whatever, you know, but yeah, that, it, it got swooped up real fast. Swoop. I got a couple of growing boys. So, you know, I think they come in and just swallow it real quick, <laughs> <laughs> but good stuff. I encourage anyone to try that tandoori chicken. Um, just, to, you know, that that kind of recipe, or even just that cook, and I think it's the marinating and the Greek yogurt, you know, with the lemon and and the spices and stuff like that, would just just came out great. But I did still put some Kinders in mine. Hmm.
3: Of course, hey, yeah. <laughs> did you do it on the green egg?
0: I did. I did cook it on the green egg. Oh, and which which Kinders? I did the buttery, not the buttery steakhouse, the buttery herb garlic.
1: Hmm.
0: Ooh. And by the way, I found another Kinder's flavor and it's the um the butcher's AP seasoning. You know, I like the smell, I like the grains, but it's no buttery steakhouse. The buttery steakhouse is still just the it's the jam. <laughs> Nothing's better than buttery steakhouse.
3: Maybe it's a regional thing. Can you get that where you're where you're at, Frankie?
2: That AP seasoning? Yeah uh i have not seen that one i've only seen uh, actually a small handful of them like in my like chain grocery store i have some friends who say like at costco they have a bigger selection Uh, but still haven't been yet yeah i found i
0: found mine at sam's wait frankie you haven't been to costco
2: i mean like i don't have a i haven't just got i haven't got a costco membership yet where do you buy your briskets at dude I haven't bought one yet because the only place I know where to go get one is $120. <laughs>
0: He's
3: saving up for it.
2: Yeah, all right. <laughs> Take half of that money,
0: put it on a Costco card and then use the other half to buy a brisket.
2: <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah,
0: they're a great price. Prime is usually like two ninety nine a pound. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. much better than what? Uh. and then both you guys cook a brisket and then we can finally do that brisket show.
2: It's true it's
0: true all right well hey let's get into listener questions um you know i know people have been reaching out and uh i just had another conversation or some questions about what cooker to buy and what should i get and this and that so i just want to encourage you guys to keep reaching out because the people who are listening to the show it's not only helping you it's helping the others so um hit us up
2: frankie thanks jay let's see our first question tonight is a question on reverse sear. They say, we love pork loin and I'm wondering if searing first, then indirect cook is the right way to go or should I be doing reverse sear? I also place a pan under during indirect and thinking of adding some water to keep an environment humid, to keep moist. I also foil and let rest before cutting. Good question.
0: This strikes a nerve with me. I think, Wes, you should go first. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've done exactly...
3: uh, what they've asked us here, uh, except for the pan. I I never do the pan. I don't think that part is necessary, but Hey, if that works for you, keep doing it. But the, I think what's hitting a nerve with you is searing and then indirect. I've often heard that when you sear something, you're kind of locking the meat into a kind of a state of doneness and you're not you're kind of forming that crust and you might not be allowing the smoke to penetrate the meat after that and i'm speculating that's what you have an issue with jay so maybe try and flip those around once i don't think you'll have a a bad cook if you do it the other way around you might just discover a new flavor but i don't see anything wrong with the way that you're doing it now
0: personally so uh um... You missed Wes. I usually don't get to tell you you're wrong a lot. You missed. Damn. (laughs) You you pegged me wrong. But, uh, first off, I want to say that there is no right way, you know, to do this, right? If you're doing it and you like it and your family likes it, you're winning. That's your right way. So that's just neither here nor there. That's what we believe. So, um, the other thing is, uh, I, I don't believe that searing first locks in anything, you know, um, I think that, you know, meathead from Amazing Ribs, that really got me on the, uh, you know, I guess just the science and stuff that he did really, I feel like debunks that. But um, my thing, the reason why I struck a nerve with me is because with pork loin, I felt like I could never really get the texture or the flavors that I wanted with the reverse sear. And I think it's just pork loin is so lean and it cooks so fast. Like I can't ever get like a good bark or crust. I mean, cause we're, we're talking about high heat and go hot and fast. We're trying to get crust, right? We're not going to get bark, but it's like, I can't get a good crust with pork loin. And then, you know, and if I try to do anything else, like I overcook the whole piece cause it's just, it's so lean and it cooks so fast. So, um, that that's, that's my thing with it. I really like the idea of the water pan and trying to keep as much moisture in the chamber as you can, you know, um, maybe depending on the part of the country you're in, it might have different effects as well. But I I like that, but almost with pork loin, it's, I feel like, you know, I want to try to, I I don't really want to sear it because I maybe there's not enough fat on it, you know, to, to crust, but to crust up, you know, I, I, maybe that's what, that's what I'm thinking to me, like especially pork loin, when it's when it's it's takes on smoke really well. And when it's not overcooked and it sort of remains velvety and tender, that's what I'm looking for. So I almost just would rather just smoke it the entire time and not even sear it. But um, again, that that's just the experiences I've had with it. it yeah. And
3: just a, a note to the lack of like the leanness of that cut, you can kind of get a good sear on it if you have maybe a rub with a little bit of sugar in it, the sugar will kind ah, of give you a nice caramelization on the surface there.
0: I've done that. Yeah. Sugar and sauce. This is the sauce episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you glaze that with a nice sauce. Yeah. Oh, you need to talk about that later on. That's a tease. Glaze <laughs> with some sauce. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. All right. Our next question tonight is uh, comes from our Instagram. It says, I did my first brisket a while ago, and it was 21 pounds. The only one Holy I could cow. find, yeah, that's crazy. The only one I could find to put on tonight for Easter is only nine pounds. Would it be crazy to leave it overnight at 180 degrees Fahrenheit, then wrap and raise temp in the morning? And I don't want to overcook it.
0: So, a 21 pound brisket is, man, that's really big for a brisket. And, uh, you know, that's all you can get. That's all you can get. I, I really worry about something like that so big. And I even think for both of these, it's the same concern when you're cooking brisket. I think you want your meat from left to right. You want it as level as possible. And so then I think it's about the trimming of it. So even if it's 21 pounds, it's okay. But as long as you trim it to where I mean, you don't want one side five inches high and the other side one inch high, you know, then it's like you're going to overcook one side and undercook the other. So it's like um, with the trimming, if you just try to keep that level that will help. Um, the other thing, a nine pound brisket, man, that seems really tiny. That almost feels <laughs> like you're not getting the whole brisket. You know, I, I feel like once you have the point and the flat, you know, it's, you're going to, I think you're going to be at le- minimum 12 pounds or something like that. You know, of course there's all kinds of different things out there, but the one thing I'm concerned about is that your point is, Is typically like a third of the size of the flat. And so if you only got nine pounds and it's like, I wonder if the point's really small, but here's the other thing that I suspect is maybe it was just a flat and they just, the butcher, they just sold it as brisket. And maybe like, you know, the person buying it just, Oh, this is brisket. Okay. I mean, I was at a butcher the other day and there was a brisket and I swear it was probably four inches cut off the end of this thing. And they just called it brisket. And I'm like, the whole brisket is not even there. You know, so I don't want to buy that, you know, so. I don't know that that seemed weird, but I guess the, the original question was, can you leave it overnight at 180? Um, and, and so I so I kind of asked more about this question because I was trying to understand it. So what they wanted to do was they wanted to cook it at a lower temperature to sort of stretch out the cooking time. And not overcook it, you know, which I, I don't see any problem with that. As long as you can get above the temperatures, I would say that you're worried about like um, uh, bacteria growth, stuff like that, like cold smoking for long hours or something like that, I think is not a good healthy thing. But if you're doing something like even 180 on the triggers, I think that's like that's your temperature for your super smoke, you know, and you can put it on super smoke all night long or something like that. But I think that's perfectly okay to cook it slower and then and then uh, try to let, let it ride out until, until it's ready. And then when you do see that, hey, you know what? It's just like we've kind of done before when we, or we talked about pork shoulders. If we're trying to do something to get it to finish, then do we need to crank up the heat and to, try to to try to rush it to let it finish? All of that is viable. And I think that using all our senses when we cook and trying to plan it out, I think that's exactly what we have to do. So I think, uh,
2: hopefully it went well. So how, how do you know, like if you've cooked, if you've overcooked your brisket, is it just like dry? Is it like not cut right? Like, what are you looking for there?
0: Well, I would say some signs are the dryness of it. I mean, there's a difference between bark and there's a, and there's a difference between it's just turned into carbon, you know, and you can (laughs) just see it just breaking off at the end, you know, um, and it it would almost kind of get like the grayish rose beef type, you know. Mm. Um, the other thing is, you know, that when you're when you're probing it with a thermometer, you're 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 not gonna get, you know, you're not gonna get higher than two twelve, right? Where where water is melting and stuff like that. So, you <laughs> well, know, when melting water, <laughs> <laughs> where water is evaporating. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like all it's going to do is really just dry out your meat really bad at, some, at a certain point. So I think it's just like monitoring your temperature, monitoring, you know, the, just the texture of what it is you're dealing with. And, and that's what you would be worried about over cooking wise.
2: Noted. All right. Last question tonight is any tips on when you should be applying barbecue sauce? Mine seems to burn. Um, apply your barbecue sauce indirect over indirect
3: heat. I find that I, I'm I'm curious when they say mine seems to burn. Maybe your fire's too hot. Maybe you're maybe you're trying to apply like a sugary sauce over over a direct fire. I I, I wouldn't
0: do those things. I think the, another thing too is you probably want to you want to make sure your meat is cooked to a safe temperature first mm. before applying sauce and still trying to cook meat. Like uh, let's say you're cooking chicken legs. And your and your your temperature is only 150, you know, as a the minimum 165 that you need. Because as soon as you put sauce on, the first thing is going to happen is your temperature of your meat's going to cool down, and now you're going to need more heat to cook that. But the sauce, it, I can see the sauce is burning as you're trying to finish that chicken. Yeah, good point. Excellent point. So, so I mean, maybe that's the answer. Wouldn't you be applying sauce? when your food is cooked to a safe temperature. <laughs> or right about to, maybe if
3: it's the, you know, just hovering a few degrees underneath that temperature.
0: Yeah. And you know, one of the things too, with sauces, I think you never really want to apply cold sauces to your meat. Like you always want to warm them up first and, and put them on there. So, um, you know, but I guess though too, if you're the type that likes a dipping sauce, you know, again, you're going to cook it and dip it first. Uh, me when I would apply sauce, and this is just my preference. I like I like something thin. I like to glaze it on. Wes is gonna talk about that later because we <laughs> teased it already. <laughs> but I don't like a lot of sauce on my food, you know. So it's like so I want it hot and thin and as I apply it when it's on the grill. But again, I make sure it's I make sure it's done. And even uh, there's been times with my ribs, it's been overcooked but I'd still pull them off, let them cool off and sauce them. And I'd throw them back on the grill just to get the sauce to go to, 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 settle in.
2: Nice.
0: Frankie, you, uh, how about you when you were cooking your, your, your lollipops? When you applied sauce, did you apply sauce on those lollipops?
2: Yeah. So I applied those after like just right at the end. Right. So I would dip them and then put them back over indirect uh just for like a couple minutes just to kind of let it set up and then and then that's it i i wouldn't put bar- like barbecue sauce over any direct fire just because i'm i'm scared it's gonna burn i'm maybe not as attentive as i should be all the time <laughs> you dip them in the barbecue
0: sauce
2: yeah so i like had like a little sauce my like a little saucepan, and then had the hot sauce in that that i like kept over the um like kept warm uh and then would like dip the the little the lollipops in it it's very Dang. effective my
0: mind is blown. I'd be messing around with that little stupid brush. You know? <laughs> How come I don't do that more often? That seems <laughs> awesome, especially with chicken have a, have a have a pan of warm sauce and just dip it real fast, right?
2: Just, boop, mm-hmm. boop, and boop. just put it back right yep. on. Good idea, Frankie. All right. Glad you thought of that. Thank you. I don't know <laughs> if that was my original idea, but you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, let's take a break, and we're going to come
0: back and talk about sauces.
3: Hey, everyone, I'm Rusty Monson, and I am sitting here with the Anthony Lujan, hosts of the Pitmasters podcast, and you're
0: listening to the Grill Coach podcast with Jay, Wes, and Frankie. Hi, this is Jay, your host of the Grill Coach podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for listening to the show. We are building a community of passionate cooks that are willing to learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. We could use your support to keep building. First, tell people you listen to us. It probably goes without saying, but I feel like I gotta say it anyways. Second, go to thegrillcoach.com. Visit our new support page. Our support page, you can find our Patreon link. Consider helping out the show by becoming a patron. And all our current patrons, thank you. We really appreciate it. We also have products on our site that we know and love. Check out their links and see how the products can help you. Namely, Snake River Farms. It's the place to go for high quality beef and pork. They have amazing food and I have had their stuff plenty of times. It never disappoints. Don't be afraid to order it up for those special occasions or even if you wanna surprise someone with one. We also have PK Grills. BK Grills makes high-quality cookers. They are very versatile, extremely well-engineered, and built for whatever purposes you might have in your backyard. So visit thegrillcoach.com to see how we can help you with your next purchases. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show.
3: Welcome back to The Grill Coach Podcast. Today is the sauce episode. We're talking sauces... Uh, dip, which can mean dipping sauces, barbecue sauces, grilling sauces, finishing sauces, glazing sauces, you name it, we're talking about it. So I want to kick off our discussion by, I know I, I asked everybody tonight here to bring their, bring some props to the episode and kind of bring a, a sauce that you're into right now. And so, uh, I'll go first. I brought uh, I brought my current love here of sauce. I have my Frank's Red Hot Buffalo sauce. I put this stuff on all kinds of things. I, I, I don't know why. I just I love this just stuff. Just like
0: that? You don't doctor it up or anything?
3: Mm, nope. I could eat this on toast or potatoes or w- whatever. <laughs> if it was socially acceptable, I'd put a straw in this bottle but (laughs) wow yeah so
2: uh tell the listeners what did you guys bring for your sauce today uh let's see i brought a i I wanted to try a new sauce today uh for this so i made something i've been wanting to make which is a a mustard barbecue sauce i I know you guys have talked about before so i looked up a recipe from Hey grill hay and uh just kind of adapted her recipe she called for some ketchup in it daniel doesn't like ketchup so i admitted that but um I to really nice. put the
0: ketchup anyways
2: <laughs> <laughs> it might have rounded it out and give it a little sweeter kick to it but i, I like the really vinegar based like vinegary like acidic stuff, so it's really well I used um it was really simple to make came together really quick uh and i made i had some uh chicken quarters on the grill uh that I threw on tonight um they pulled them off right before we started, so I haven't eaten them yet, so I hope they're really good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, so so mine, I, I I think I maybe I misunderstood the uh, the the objective here. But what I brought to the table was apple cider vinegar, <laughs> because just about any of the sauces I make, I put apple cider vinegar in there. Even even tonight we had pulled pork sliders, and I made some coleslaw with apple cider vinegar. You know, can my coleslaw does that sound as a sauce? Right? Because you make a sauce to mix in with the vegetables. That's that's how I do it. I guess okay. it's
3: a mayo cider vinegar dressing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So so I did this one time when I when back when I was catering, right? I made the sauce first: mayo, apple cider vinegar, some lemon juice, salt and pepper, and some brown sugar. Uh, or something of that nature. I mixed it all up and then my son tasted it. And then my son's like, oh my gosh, my dad made ranch dressing. You know? <laughs> I didn't think about it, but I was like, oh, I guess I could make ranch dressing out the season a little right. But uh but yeah. But so but that's a sauce, you know, that you make and then you know mix it with some vegetables. And then the vegetables I, I actually used was some carrots, cabbage, and zucchini. And just kind of made that uh, slaw out of that. So I, I think
3: you uh get an asterisk by that one. I think that's that means a, I win.
0: It sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I got more symbols than you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the the everyday sauce, man, me and my family, we really love that Cholula. Mm. Oh, yeah. Cholula. It's got the the fat red hat top or whatever. The wooden, That's the wooden ball. The wooden top. Mm-hmm. Wooden ball top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is, that thing is so good. We, we've we gotten to just getting the the Costco two pack, you know, almost on a weekly basis. Delicious stuff. I don't know what it is. It's some vinegary. It's that, that tangy, you know, just once you keep coming back for more. And it's not hot, right? But it's just... It's just... Flavorful. Yeah.
2: yeah. Savory.
3: One of my friends turned me on to that Victoria sauce. You, you guys okay, ever find yeah. that one?
2: That's has a little more like vinegar bite like to it, right? Yeah. I, I kind of like that one better. I like that.
0: Cholula. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... As we before we go on and talk about sauces, I've already kind of like broke the rules talking about, you know, I make a sauce for coleslaw, right? So I was thinking about this, like does gravy count as sauce. It's sauce for your potatoes. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking, you know, like with 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 turkey or from do something like that and I have some smoke drippings or whatever, some smoke broth, I'll make a gravy out of that. That's a sauce. Yeah, hmm, might have to go to the internet for that one. Yeah, as soon as you put flour in it, maybe it's not a sauce anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. Yeah, is sauce a gravy? Yeah, just wonder. Is
2: gravy I a just sauce? Just want to say, sauce is just like a thick liquid served as food. Yeah, according to I Wikipedia, so.
3: gravy is a
2: sauce.
0: Hey, ding, ding. do I get another asterisk? Two asterisks.
3: For, for oh, we'll, we'll erase the <laughs> asterisk on that one.
0: <laughs> Alright, so uh, even I was I had some barbecue over the weekend and after just and stuff I was too tired to make a sauce but I remember sitting there saying like man, I really should have made a sauce this would have been even <laughs> better with that
3: Let me guys ask you a controversial question here Is or does good barbecue have to have sauce Does good barbecue require sauce I'd say no
0: I say no. Does it require no?
3: Does pulled pork require barbecue sauce?
0: No,
2: I don't think so at all. <laughs> I it's good. No,
0: but... I, I think it depends on how you eat it.
2: You know. So yeah, it's that's like true. A, yeah, you know. So it
0: it it varies, but I do believe the sauce should only be the complement, not not take over whatever meat you're eating. That I agree with. Now, when you need sauce for the barbecue, maybe it's not barbecue anymore. <laughs>
3: so you don't adhere to the uh, A1 is how steak is done
1: <laughs> oh, no. mantra?
2: Do you guys like A1? I actually it's a good really do. I, I don't have it in the house, though. And uh, I don't remember the last time I had it, but I love it. <laughs> I, would I will not, not be putting that on my, uh, Brant prime rely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put some craft singles on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So commercial sauces, if we're still talking just commercial sauces, what is out there? What do you guys like?
3: What? Yeah, I guess. What are we making? Are we making traditional barbecue? What do you guys keep on hand at all times to make sure you always have on hand
2: as far as commercial sauces go?
0: Uh, Besides Cholula, no, I always just make my sauces.
2: Yeah, unless it's like Tapatia or Tabasco. I think that's like the only thing we keep. What about Sriracha?
3: Sriracha, you guys?
0: No. Cholula. Make
3: make your own?
2: (laughs) I don't eat Sriracha
0: a lot. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good one with Asian flair.
3: You gotta you gotta do Franks, man. Got to try that.
0: And that's red hot wings. That's not even the regular one, huh?
3: Correct. No, this one is. This one's probably really bad for you compared to the regular red hot sauce.
0: Well, okay. So if we're doing traditional barbecue and you need a sauce, what is what is your go to? What are you gonna do? What like from the stores?
3: I don't always have barbecue sauce on hand, but. The last couple of times I bought it, I bought a Kinder's label barbecue sauce, and I'm usually like doctoring it, as we say, by adding some other it's, ingredients.
0: Does does the Kinder barbecue sauces add up, or are they are they on par with the seasonings? I'm not
3: like you. I'm not a super big fan of sauce. I know, I know. We're probably letting a lot of people down who like barbecue sauce, but I don't really. I don't know. I don't really consider the sauce the star either. So it's more for just kind of a not a presentation, but I think it I think it needs a little tackiness, a little stickiness to the ribs. So I like to glaze the ribs with that with whatever sauce I'm using. And that's usually a function of the sugar in the sauce.
0: That sounded delicious, just how you said that. Tacky, yeah.
2: sticky. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie, you, you what kind of sauce are you buying? Uh for barbecue sauce i i I like a sweet baby Ray's, just like the original one. I think it's like a good baseline and then I always doctor it up uh somehow just, what uh, do you guys give it what are you nice. guys adding to your sauce? Mm, I usually will dilute it down a bit with some apple cider vinegar uh and then add either kind of if I'm using like a spice rub already, I'll like throw that in there or I do a lot of chili powders and cumin that I really like. Oh man, that sounds
0: good. You know, and w- when I do buy sauce, the the same thing I'm looking for is is sweet baby rays. It's just uh, I feel like it, it it has like a good baseline taste, and it's like if I did nothing to it, like I would still enjoy it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. But you know,
2: have you have you seen how many barbecue sauces are on the shelf lately? So many. I went to the aisle today to look at it, and I was like, oh shoot. <laughs>
0: It's it's so many bottles, and, and even like, how do you just go and pick, like, a, a bottle? You know, I was thinking about that when I when I was looking at them. Um, I I know one guy. He's talking about he's coming out with a sauce, and he was talking about the labeling and how do you compete on the shelf, and you know, this, you know, so you look at these sauces and you got different faces on it. And you got all these sort of different flavors, and you know, so. I I just, I wish I had better Intel to give our listeners on like, here's what you should be looking for in a sauce, you know, and I go with sweet baby rays just because that's what I've always went with the networks. You know, there's probably plenty of other stuff on that show. There's probably things on there that is probably really good, but I I don't want to go through all of that to find out.
2: We used to get kind of the fun
3: though. (laughs) We used to buy that Casey masterpiece sauce. That was pretty good. I haven't, I'm I'm sure I'd be massively let down if I tried it now, but I used to think that was really good.
0: I, I do remember, I feel like I remember like a really rich, rich earthy taste to it. And that's, maybe it was like a, a smoky taste to it. Maybe they had liquid smoke in there. Wouldn't put it
2: past them. Dang. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, you know, but um, we need to get a, a, a retailer for sauce on here. Maybe we can learn some more about that. So it seems like we all blow right past commercial sauces and we make our own sauce.
2: Yeah.
0: Or doc doctor something up. I love how we use that term doctor. (laughs) So what, what, uh, what sauces, uh, you know, do you like, do you guys like to make?
3: So, and we've talked about it several times on the show. I'm going to talk about it again. I, I love a chimichurri sauce. It's a tangy, fresh, spicy. If you make it spicy, it, it pairs very well with a really fatty piece of meat, like uh, like we always pair it with beef. Uh, I've done it with pork; it's really good. And chimichurri is at its heart. It's it's a like an oil, olive oil, and salad dressing, essentially olive oil and and <laughs> vinegar. I like to use extra virgin olive oil and uh, red wine vinegar with, and then my version, you can do this, there's so many different methods, but I like to use one part chopped fresh Italian parsley and one part chopped cilantro with some, uh, like a tablespoon dried oregano, tablespoon uh, chili flakes, teaspoon salt, and about three cloves, chopped garlic. And then I'll give you the measurements on the olive oil and red wine vinegar. So we do a half cup of olive oil, half cup water, quarter cup red wine vinegar. Wow. Oh, interesting. The water, I haven't have done that before.
0: That kind of makes it stretch a little bit. <laughs> you can
3: kind of get more <laughs> volume out of
0: it. Yeah. So it seemed like there was a lot of trial and error to get to the point where you got
3: yeah we got that recipe dialed
0: in and i think that's cool i think that like you know start with the bases or start with some kind of bases and then play around with it from there uh rusty who was on our show a few months ago that's what he said to do with rubs right just you know start with a couple bases and then try this try that and you don't like it and toss it out try something else
3: Mm Mm-hmm. because salt's cheap Sure is cheap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Frankie, you uh, had your green sauce number four mentioned on our show plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. So, so how might yours differ from Wes's?
2: Hmm. I think a, a a little bit in the uh, in the ingredients too. I usually do just just parsley, uh, and then I use like uh, apple cider vinegar or distilled vinegar, and then I put some cumin in there. But most. Uh, I haven't tried the oregano, but I blend mine. Um, I think it gives it a little, definitely a more like saucy consistency. Um, it's not like when you think of, when I think of like traditional chimichurri, I, I think probably closer to what, what Wes is making. Uh, I like to blend it cause I, I like the consistency that it gets. I even tried making it in like a mocajete cause I was like, oh, well, well, let's give that a <laughs> shot. Uh, and it <laughs> turns out really good, but it's like, so it's so much work. And then it's just, it's just like a little stringy, too stringy, so. Not going back to that.
0: <laughs> okay, Frankie, you got a bunch of people that just turned their heads. They're like, "Wait, what did he say?"
2: Oh, mocajete? <laughs> yeah, and explain what that is. Yeah, that's just like a, a like a spice grinder. It's a tra- tra- traditional Mexican. Um, it's like a stone. It's uh, like really heavy stone. I don't is it lava rock? I don't know what it's made out of actually. Uh, but uh, it comes with that in a little. Mortal? It's a mortar and pestle. Mortar and pestle. There you go. I can't say that word. <laughs> yeah, I have one too. I think mine weighs like twenty pounds or
0: something like that. It's so heavy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of work though.
2: Yeah, a lot of work for that. So stick with the blender. Or <laughs> right, what's You just finely chop yours, right? And that. Yeah. Yeah. Really exactly.
3: And the last time I did, we got my wife got me a like one of those bullet style blenders. And uh, like the last time we made chimichurri, which was pretty recent, we we I was like, let's just throw it in here and see what it's like. And uh, I like how easy it was to make it, and I find that it lasts
0: longer like that. Oh, interesting. In
3: the fridge, anyway.
2: That. Yeah.
0: What do you mean? What do you mean by last? Does it go bad? Is that what you're trying to say? Or no?
3: Um, when it's coarsely chopped, and I think the oil and the water kind of separate. When And then when, you
0: just shake it back up, right? And yeah, you're all back in the game, right?
3: Yeah, but when you put it in the refrigerator, have you ever put like something with oil in the refrigerator, it kinda kinda solidifies a little bit. Yeah, kind of gets is. a weird. Yeah. So
2: I don't know. Just lazy, I guess.
0: So it doesn't go <laughs> bad, it just doesn't do what you like yeah. it to do.
2: Bingo. It loses it loses its freshness too, right? Which is like the main benefit or the main like perk oftimatry.
3: Yeah, it you is, don't want to be like sitting mm-hmm. on that sauce for like a week, you kind of nah. want to consume that in the first day or so. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. So That's- you know what's funny as you guys are explaining just how you make that, that sounds really akin to German salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom would, you know, make this salad dressing and, you know, there's a spice grind packet and, you know, kind of has some of that. And then it's like, yeah, you're mixing olive oil and water, you know, and, and and she gets a special german vinegar that she mixes in with it and uh it's pretty tasty i didn't think about it till right now i guess (laughs) if i add a few herbs and it's like hey it's
1: pretty good
2: yeah i like to use my like chimichurri on the like second or third day i'll turn it into a salad dressing and like toss it in like uh with either vegetables or pasta or an actual salad or things like that it's really good with like um like israeli couscous or quinoa or something like that as well wow
0: well, let me tell you about a sauce I haven't made in a very long time, but um, but thanks to this episode, it's gotten me thinking about wanting to make this. So it's an it's an Apoi sauce. You like my French? Yeah, <laughs> you gotta explain that. So I actually seen it from in, in that old show uh Good Eats with uh Alton Brown. And um, essentially you it, it's a pepper and cream sauce. Ooh. So you, you make the steaks, you like take really coarse pepper and you essentially like cake your steak in this coarse pepper. Then you cook them in the pan. And then in that pan, you deglaze that pan with bourbon. And that's when you, you know, let the flame go, you know, which is in the big flame part in the flaming pan. That's probably why I don't do it that often. <laughs> so. I figure you can only get lucky so many times. But so you flame it off and then you actually um, like use this with the bourbon and mix heavy cream and you cook that in there. And so it's like a really creamy, peppery, you know, got that peatiness, you know, from the bourbon. And it's just really velvety like to go on top of steaks. And it's just a it was very, very good. Um, what I haven't figured out is how can I do an a pois sauce and still grill the steak somehow? So maybe I'll do a reverse sear a pois. you know, it'll be like the grill coach's own, you know, put them on the Traeger and then something of that nature.
3: I just want to, I just want to circle back to something you just said. You get peat from scotch, not bourbon. What you meant Damn. to say was an oakiness. <laughs> Carry on. I stand, we can, we, I stand we can, corrected. We can move forward now. Thank you.
0: <laughs> game on, game on. Like, man, you host the show then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All
0: right, Frankie, you pick a sauce.
2: You know, so actually I do something uh, similar. One of my favorite things to do, this is not a grilling related sauce though, but I love to make a pan sauce. I think that is like a super easy uh, like, thing to do if you're like cooking inside. Like if you're like, I do this a lot when I'm making, if I'm making a steak inside. Um, so very similar to what, to what you're doing, except I'm just deglazing with either wine or some chicken stock um, and then just adding very like minimal flavors to that. And kind of, cause what you're really soaking up is the sauce of the, or the taste of whatever you were cooking it in. Um, and I use that. So that's like a, you know, really quick and easy. And I will spin that a lot of different ways. So I, I make a, a mustard sauce that I use a lot. Um, we'll just use that that same technique and then just add some mustard and chicken stock to it um and doctor that up a little more it's really good you can even saute your greens nut that That sounds awesome
3: i have a question for both you guys and and because i don't do i don't do that on the stove hardly at all i don't really cook on my stove too much but when you're (laughs) deglazing a pan um how like I'm just, I'm picturing you talking with, you know, the, talking about the wine or you with the bourbon and, and
2: like, how much are you using? Like, Oh, that's a good question. I, So you don't want to use too much, right? Because the, the function of what you're doing is just to kind of loosen the bits. Uh, there's a, a technical term for that. I can't remember what it is right now, but... It's the fond. The fond, yes. Um, to loosen that up and it will... Uh, and then you just like scrape it off the bottom of a pen also helps with making cleaning cast irons easy and really any pen, but, um, that's what you, that's what you want to do. And you kind of want to let that reduce a bit too, before you add it, add anything else to that. I did, had an unfortunate mishap where I was making, I don't know what I was making, but I was trying to make a, a red wine, like sauce for, for a dish. And I put way too much wine in there and let that reduce. And I got really, I don't know, like coppery. I don't know how to explain that taste. It was just, it was, it was nasty. <laughs> I think that when you
0: add it, you don't want to lose the heat of the pan because you want to add it to a hot pan and and you need that sort of that sizzle and that boiling action to help loosen that fond. If you put too much liquid in there, now it's going to cool down the whole pan and it's going to like, you know, it's not going to do what it needs to do anymore.
3: And, and you're, you're doing this. Y- y- uh Frankie, you mentioned cast iron. I assume you could do this with uh, like a stainless
0: pan or even a not I mean even per- a non-stainless yeah, pan. Not, yeah, not yeah, any
2: kind of pan. It it
0: would it would work in. Yeah. And and Frankie did take the words out of my mouth, like, you know, especially when I'm cooking in my stainless steel pans, to clean it anyway, you want you wanna hit it while it's hot and you wanna loosen all that up. I, I'm like, man, I'm gonna do that anyway. I, I might as well make a sauce <laughs> out of it. <laughs> you know, but it's a, it it is more of a creative sauce. I kind of feel because it's like, it's not something that you're going to make again, you know, or it's going to taste like that again, because it's so, you know, it's so like, you know, uh, it's, it's audible, right. You know, it's like, Oh, maybe I'll add a little more of this. Oh, you know what? It needs some creamy. Maybe let me add some butter to it. You know, let me mix in some cream with it now or something like that, you know, and then My kids will be like, wow, that was so good. Is there more? Like, nope, that's all you get. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because even just a little spoonful of that, like on top of a piece of fish or something of that nature or a little pork chop, you know, it really like takes it to a whole nother level.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's largely, it's dependent on like what you cooked in that pan, obviously. And it's like a concentrated version of that, whatever. Um, you know concentrated flavors of whatever you cooked in that pan
0: yeah exactly. and, and it and it doesn't have to be but but typically you know if you're gonna do something like that you know it is so but uh that's that's a good idea frankie not barbecue at all <laughs> 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 neither was mine just put the
2: cast iron on the grill and then you're fine <laughs> there you go anything that Box we're talking about <laughs> stovetop just moving out to your grill
3: <laughs>
0: So so anyway, just to kind of bring it back to barbecue sauce, there was one sauce that um, we had a guy, a guest on our show, Ashley Thompson, and he talked about in North Carolina. They do a straight vinegar sauce. Mm. And didn't he say it was just white vinegar, chili peppers, and sugar, or even just white pepper? It was something it very, was re-
3: very simple, ridiculously simple. I remember.
0: And I just thought, man, I don't know if I could even eat that because I think it was just straight vinegar. Even
3: I think that's more simpler you get, the more critical the ratios have to be.
0: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really I'm still really tempted, like I almost would like to go to a place where it's made already and taste that, you know, because so many times we see these sauces either on TV or YouTube videos or whatever. We don't know what they're supposed to taste like, right? We just
3: you just, just see get the guy like, yeah, that looks yeah. right. Yeah, you just see the guy nodding his head, and like, mm, oh my goodness, this is so awesome.
0: It's like, oh okay, <laughs> must be good. Yeah, so I do want to try that sauce, but one of the sauces that I do make is a South Carolina style sauce, and my daughter has coined it "awesome sauce," and now my son, my youngest son, is calling it that too. But it's a mustard-based barbecue sauce. And, um, similar to what you said, Frankie, it's mustard and it is a little bit of ketchup. It's always found it funny that in my ketchup based barbecue sauce goes a little bit of mustard and the mustard based barbecue sauce goes a little bit of ketchup. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you can't leave everybody out the equation. I think you just have to bring them to the party, but you know, between that, some vinegar and some, and some brown sugar, you know, salt and pepper. And it's just, it's again, it's a matter of with those ratios. And you guys probably all know that I'm not about measuring anything, so I eyeball <laughs> it. But I've gotten so smart now that I always make sure to start with a way bigger bowl than I than I'm going to need, because I will start it out small, and a lot of times it always has to grow because I have to fix it, and then so I keep making more than I need. <laughs> <laughs> so you you ran down a couple
3: of a few ingredients to do kind of like a like your sauce there i want to i want to kind of share a pro tip that you gave me while making a barbecue sauce a while back and i wonder if you remember telling me um so as far as like consistency goes you said and i still do this to this day whenever you're making kind of a uh like a barbecue type sauce you want to dip the bat, you want to dip a spoon in it and let it kind of drain off the spoon and if you can um if you can kind of wipe it with your finger and it stays kind of wiped in that one spot and it doesn't kind of fill yeah. in real quick, like that's, that's kind of where
2: you want to be. Yeah. For, for any sauce too, that's kind of a good, a good measurements when you know mm. your sauce is ready. All right. You still remember. I forgot, <laughs> but I remember. All right. I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
0: I think that's, you know, and that's why sometimes my sauces get so big. Because it's too thick or it's too thin, you know, or it's it's too, you know, and I have to add some other things to it. Yeah, you can. And al- this is sort of how I come up with these combinations.
3: You can always add stuff. You can't take it out, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So so another one, another barbecue sauce, because I mean, you know, the barbecue sauce, I got the the yellow barbecue sauce, which I really like it best on chicken. And I typically like to glaze it on chicken, um, this this, uh, mustard-based barbecue sauce. I seen some old marine guy do it one time on YouTube, and I thought, oh, I'm going to try that on chicken. And I felt like it's great to do on chicken. So uh, uh, the other one is, I just call it my belly rub sauce. And one of those on there, there's this guy named Myron Mixon, and he is like, sort of one of the most winning this guys in barbecue, big barbecue personality. I actually seen a couple of his little seminars. He does a barbecue class in Georgia, in Unadilla, Georgia at his compound. And uh, people come from all over the world to go to his class. So I had a buddy of mine go to his class. And one of the things he told me is that in his sauces is that he uses jellies and jams in the different sauces. So, In my ketchup-based barbecue sauce, I had started putting blackberry jelly in it. Ooh, that sounds Blackberry jam. I don't know the difference between jams and jellies. I don't know. One one sounds better. has more drums. Uh, uh,
3: Jelly doesn't have the whole chunks of fruit in it where jam does.
0: Jam has whole chunks of fruit? I believe that's the difference. Okay. So anyways, I put blackberry jam in mine. And it really gives it like a just a whole depth of flavor to where I can't make my sauce without that anymore. It's just it's like it's missing something. And it's only a couple. I don't know if I have a if I have a standard pot, it's a couple of the big school spoonfuls. That's my measurement.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I got to cook it away. That's interesting that you use blackberry
0: jam or jelly. Jam. Jam.
3: Blackberry jam. Hmm
0: yeah yeah and and i feel like once it cooks in it gives it a nice color you know and it just gives it a nice flavor and even i think that you know people who have had my sauce you know they're like wow wow what is that you know and it's you know it's essentially ketchup apple cider vinegar brown sugar the jam some mustard some worcestershire and salt and pepper onion powder garlic powder I guess that's not so simple when I said all the ingredients <laughs> like. That. You're
3: going to have to actually like pay attention when you do it next time and write down the measurements because I know I know people
2: out there want to make that sauce.
0: <laughs> we we got to get it on one of these days. We'll do that. Yeah.
2: You know what you could do is get a uh, a scale and then just put the bowl in there and just build your sauce and then just write the <laughs> measurements down by weight. <laughs>
0: But I'm not. I don't know if it's right until I cook it up.
1: Altogether. Well, that's yours.
2: Have have one of the kids just keep a tally of what you're adding. Be like, oh, he added two <laughs> grams of that, three grams of this. <laughs> right, so next, you're gonna ask
0: me to tie my meat together. <laughs> it's like, oh, that sounds so hard. <laughs> one of these days, I'll figure it out. Uh, so, so another another sauce. If I could just keep going real quick. It, and I put this on here was the hot wing sauce. Cause I know it in, in, in the, the West household, it's one of their favorite sauces. And I think they like this sauce better than I like this sauce, <laughs> but, um, it, it's, it's, it's using crystal hot sauce and then crystal hot sauce with brown sugar. And I can't even remember. I would put some other hot stuff in there like cayenne pepper, black pepper, um, yeah now it's kind of losing me now i I think you've made it at our
3: house which tells me that you don't have an official recipe because you used (laughs) what we had on hand
0: (laughs) but but with that sauce and it just and and it it was funny because i made it one time without the crystal and i think i used like a louisiana red hot or something like it did not taste the same at all like it was like it had to be the crystal and it's a good sauce for, and this is the way I would apply it, too. So we would cook the wings. A lot of times it was a reverse sear chicken wing. Get the, get the wings a little charred up. And then I would have that sauce and have it extremely hot. And this th- this sauce would be really thin. So I would put them in the bowl. And as soon as the wings come off, I would just toss them in that sauce. And so this, the wings are not caked or covered with this sauce. It doesn't get cooked on. But the sauce... When the sauce is so pungent and you taste it, it hits you in the face, then that's when I'm like, okay, now the sauce is ready because it's just something that's supposed to be just to complement the wing. And it's just real. if it's really light on there, that pungency like balances out with the smoked chicken wing.
3: That that vinegar bite is critical to kind of balancing that thick smoke flavor and the
0: fattiness of the chicken wings. It's so good. I like the way you explain that. It makes me hungry. <laughs> so, so one of these days, uh, yeah, maybe we got to publish all these sauces or put something up there. But you know, that's the fun part about it. It's just sort of like creating, you know, the sauces. Not till the Grill Coach Cookbook comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a sauce that
3: that I've kind of fallen in love with is it's kind of a traditional Thai sauce. And I know you've you've kind of had a variant of this at our house. Jay uh, is the the it's called prknam pla, which is essentially fish sauce and chilies. But the way we make it in our house is uh, by adding kind of cilantro and maybe some lime juice to it, and it's it's wonderful on grilled meats. Oh, it's
0: tangy. Yeah. It, it's great on sticky rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but you talk about a sauce that's hot and spicy and whoo it it's like a boxing match, you know, eating it. Yeah. But um it it's it's great. I agree. It's great.
3: But yeah, it's a very uh very unique sauce, and you can probably get if, if you ask for it at any really good Thai place, I'm sure you'd get a a good example of it.
0: All right, guys. So, you know, I hope you guys, you know, got something out of this, just the fact that You know, sauces are to complement our smoked and grilled meats. And really, again, there's there's no one right way to do these things. And hopefully, you know, what we've said and what we discussed here gives you some ideas on things that you can do or you can make. And and just don't be afraid to try stuff out. I mean, especially with sauces, it's a little cheaper than like buying meats and stuff and messing those up. So uh, we encourage you. Hey, try them out, you know, and then tag us at The Grill Coach. Let us know how it goes. We're going to take our last break. We'll come back and close the show.
2: Hi, this is Frankie from the Grill Coach Podcast. And I just wanted to take a moment and give a huge thank you to all of our listeners. We are trying to create a community where we can learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. And we couldn't do that without you. If you've been with us since
0: episode one or just joining the Grill Coach team today, we can use your help in building this community and sharing our mission. Please take a moment to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us some love in the comments and share our podcast with your friends and family. As a new and growing podcast, there's no better way to support us.
3: And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Have a question? Grow Coach Challenge? Let us know. You can find us online at thegrowcoach.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube,
2: and Patreon at
3: The Grow Coach.
2: All right, and we're back to The Grow Coach Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today as we... Delved into the sauce episode. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons. Without your help, we couldn't do a lot of the good work that we're doing. I'd also want to encourage everyone to check out thegrowcoach.com. In particular, you can check out our merch page. We have our blogs, our podcast, and lots of other helpful, helpful information there. Uh right now I'm gonna pass it over to Wes, talk about Girl Coach Challenge updates. Thanks,
3: Frankie. So this month's uh this month's Girl Coach Challenge, we've got a couple of challenges. We've got the asado cross and the turkey challenge. One was by our friend, uh, Robert Sykes from Keto Savage. And the other was from our friend, Carla Lolly music. And I challenge everybody out there to give us a good example of an asado cross and give me some uh, barbecue
0: turkey. Okay. With the grill coach, we are giving Kel Brew from Instagram. We're giving him half points because uh he hung some ribs in a in a chiminea is that what that is sure yeah i think that's how you say it it looks like a big old clay pot like a wood-fired oven with a hole in the top and he just uh he basically he 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 hung a rack of ribs right down the middle of that chimney (laughs) and 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 cooked them up man and it looks pretty good I,
3: i can only imagine how fast that cooked it must He's have, got yeah. a lot
0: of airflow on here. Huh?
3: Yeah, it was an ingenious idea. Yeah, definitely got points for creativity on that one.
0: I hear that. All right, so we're calling out this guy every show, man. He's coming up with good stuff. Thanks again, Kelbrew. And with that, we want to remind you guys to check out thegrillcoach.com. And don't forget to
3: never miss an opportunity to get get out out there there and grill. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Grill Coach. Also, check out our blog at thegrillcoach.com for more episodes of our podcast, as well as other great grilling-related content.
1: Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling upsides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie, Wes, and Jay.